And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to, we'll call this a Warriors Plus Minus podcast for the week. Tim Kawakami is in the building for, you know, a expected Warriors win, a kind of must-have in a lot of ways. Uh, they're back to 30 and 30, there by the go. way, coming Slater out did not do the bit, do the bit. They're going to go uh, 31 and 31, 32 and 32, 33 and 34. Good. I'm, I'm kind of listening to Slater on this. Kind of destined to be a 500 team, I think, right now. But it was dramatic, too, because Mr. Clay Thompson had himself a hell of I think I'm going to say this was his best game since his comeback. He's had higher scoring, maybe, I think. I mean, said, the, I mean yeah. the some of the finals games where yeah, he's guarding yeah, yeah, Jalen no Brown. Question. Yeah, oh, let's just yeah, let's put that aside. Let's put no, I mean, you're putting the playoffs <laughs> aside. Other than the most important games, I'm just saying from a pure, like, hey, they need something out of Clay. go score, you got to score, and he's, what was he, plus freaking 32 in a game they win by 15. Like, that's unbelievable. Forget about the 42 points. He just was by far their best player. Every time he came out, they would lose the lead, and then he'd have to throw them back in, and they'd get the lead back, and they'd have to come out for a little bit. Like That was a Steph Curry-like value game, and I don't know that Clay's had a lot of those where you could just separate him from everyone else. Now, he hasn't had games where Draymond and Steph haven't played like this, but this was a transcendent Clay game. Yeah, and it came on a back-to-back second night That's where... That's part about it, absolutely. Yeah, um, and, you know, Steve Curry even mentioned they played him for the first time since his injury on a back-to-back going into the break, but it was like a 25-minute. They pulled the plug early in that game. This was like, you know, second night, and he's playing, what, 36 minutes. And to be honest, the point total kind of crept up on me. You know, you didn't think he was having some explosive night, and then suddenly, boom, 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 he gets really hot from three, ends up hitting 12 threes, which is only, I guess, the sixth time ever anybody has, and he's done three of those games. Um, but it was, you know, a little bit more than the scoring, as you mentioned. It was just overall value. I know you asked him about the seven rebounds because Kerr kind of identified that. He had one assist to the corner that Steph was going crazy for because it was like a rare, like, driving kick. But as he told Slater, uh, I had a couple other hockey assists. So that just doesn't pin me down for the assist. He had a real good game. He had a real good game. And I will say, I mean, I don't think he had a good game last night. So think he was a little slow to the ball, which is probably why Kerr had the conversation with him today, I think he said, about go get the rebound. Like, we, you know, he's basically playing small forward, and they need him fighting for the ball. They need him having his body on people, 
and he was doing that tonight. He didn't do it great last night. I don't think his legs felt great last night. It's just interesting. His legs maybe not so great coming off a nine-day break, and then on the back-to-back, he looks incredible, bouncy 35 minutes uh, where he's all over the place. He's playing D and he's getting rebounds. Obviously, the shot was feeling great, and that was the no-hesitation clay shot. Uh, and, you know, this was if they get this from clay or get this every other game, then they were better than a 500 team, assuming Steph and Wiggins are back in, in some um, you know small amount that is you know less than 10 games, let's say, 10 more games. I mean, if it's 10 more games, I think they'll be in some trouble. But let's say 8 to 10 games. Clay's got to carry him for a while, and he carried him. And it gets a terrible Houston team, terrible team. But they need it. I mean, they didn't look great. 26-26 in the first quarter, it was kind of up in the air. And then Clay Thompson just said, this, I'm going to win this game, and they did. Yeah, you know, I would say probably maybe the most interesting part of the night, Clay had a pretty reflective press conference, you know, and he mentioned two he, – he kind of went behind the scenes of himself a little bit and mentioned two uh, conversations slash Instagram videos that he was wa- watched recently. The first one he was mentioned was a Gino Oriema clip that he watched um, that was talking about body language on the bench and how and he made him think about needing to be a better leader. And then the other one was, uh, you know, a conversation he kind of – Wrote two conversations into one of Bruce Frazier one last week, uh, Steve Kerr one today that was basically, you know, talking about, you know, as he ages, he must become a more complete player. It can't just be the shot. Um, and, you know, he mentioned Michael Jordan's maturity within that. And you can, I mean, it's pretty clear that probably came directly because from Steve the Steve too. Kerr, you yeah. know. Uh, Kerr mentioned some others, Magic Johnson developing three point shot. I think he mentioned another one. Um, yeah, I mean, if Clay's going to have value no matter what, just standing there. But if he wants to continue to be a great player, he's going to have to do some other things because the other thing that he was made him so valuable before the leg injuries was his man-to-man defense, and that's not there. Uh, that can't be there. It's just it's not going to happen at age 32 after two massive leg injuries, missing basically two seasons. Uh, but... Um, no, two plus seasons. What the hell? I can't remember how many seasons he missed. He had yeah, nine hundred forty-one days. Plus he had two plus seasons, uh, and you got to do other stuff. You got to fight. You know some of the things that he didn't really have to worry about in the past uh, with other great on great Warriors rosters. But he's got to do it now. Certainly, while Steph and Wiggins are out, and you know, in a game that Draymond misses, but throughout, like they need him to. And, and he fought in the finals, as you remind me in the Boston finals. Like he was fighting. He, he didn't do it as, as much in the regular season this season. Maybe it'll start from here, and this was a really good moment for it to happen. Yeah. Um, and I'll say, we talked about it was a couple of two things. The leadership thing with the full, you know, the, I call it the full game, like play every bit of it. When you do the other stuff, Jordan Poole is going to say, look, he's out and they're fighting. Like, you know, he's going to listen to what Clay says. When you're in there rebounding, you could go, you know, maybe Kaminga, you can get in there. And Kaminga got a couple of nice rebounds tonight, by the way, which he doesn't always do. He dropped the ball a lot, but he also got some nice rebounds. Like, when you do everything on the floor and you're not just a spot-up shooter, then when you say things to people or when you look at them in a certain way, it means more. It's, you know, why Draymond means so much to everybody because he's out there doing all the dirty stuff, all the hard stuff. Uh, and when, when Steph says something, it's because Steph means work so hard. He has their back so much. It means more. And Clay has been a quiet guy for much of his career. And has been kind of, you know, let me just do my own thing. And everyone loves him for it. But now as he ages and, and some of the other things he can't do, if the more stuff, other stuff he does, the louder his voice carries in that locker room. Yeah, um, beyond Clay, I mean, uh, I'd say the other storyline of the night is 
Well, Draymond, first of all, Draymond Green is supposed to play. He, you know, he banged his knee. Jared Vanderbilt kind of fell into it late in that Lakers loss. Uh, he's listed as questionable. He's labeled probable by Steve Kerr pregame, and then boom, late scratch. Um, and you know, he was moving a little gingerly over on the bench, but it sounds like they're optimistic he's going to play Sunday. So it does not sound like a big long-term concern. But because he's out. Um, because obviously Andrew Wiggins remains away from the team. Steph Curry, Gary Payton II are still out. Moses Moody and Patrick Baldwin Jr. get rotation, BBJ. yeah, got rotation chances. He's skipping right over Moses Moody. <laughs> no, Moses Moody, fine. You know what? Like we've always said, like there's room for him to play on this team. You know, it's a wing. He's a big wing. They need those minutes at some point, especially with Wiggins out. And he was going to get another shot or two, and he got it tonight. He played solid uh and you know was a plus something in his minutes 13 minutes plus six yeah. you know four points hit a three uh wasn't blown by and one yeah. three. uh you know he can get minutes i don't think he's in the rotation when everybody's healthy but i think you he shouldn't be a guy who gets no minutes ever and he had been that for a big chunk of the season he's not ryan rollins right he's not a guy that should be buried forever james wiseman i could understand James Wiseman, but you just couldn't get him out there in the right combination. You can get if you can figure out combinations for Moody, uh, and it was just a mis- the whole season's been a mystery. We've always said like it's just a guy that they played in the Western Conference Finals is not playing at all on a worse team. It just seemed even at know, times when like four people are exactly. out, exactly. You know, and Ty Jerome, and, and we know the names are constantly and brought up. And Moses Moody's got more talent than those guys. They've just been playing poorly practicing poorly or whatever all the things that that they say in sort of vague terms but you can get you know he hadn't been playing well but they also kind of you know and you felt it in Steve Kerr pregame they they were, were complimentary was, of like his practicing lately they've been saying he's he been was peppier about the young guys this pregame right and he's like Patrick Ball and oh he's gonna have a future in the rotation like, he's like, like Michael Porter Jr. and you know, Kevin Durant is like unblockable exactly. jump shooter I think I don't know that anything happened but it felt like something clicked in Steve's brain a little like wait a minute like I need these guys everybody's hurt at the moment we just dumped Wiseman we can't dump all our young guys maybe I should be a little bit more encouraging and maybe work them in the rotation a little bit now tonight just how it happened everybody got hurt and then you know then Looney and Jamichael Green both get in foul trouble so that's how Baldwin gets all the minutes uh, he was going to get a little bit of minutes but I don't think he was going to get this many um However, I try to ask her, okay, can you sneak him in the rotation as a third string center? And like he did tonight, he's six foot ten. He could pull centers out. Like the, the, the Rocket centers did not want to come out on him. And Steve Kerr said, what? Basically, no. <laughs> he's, like, he's a three four. He's not five. I don't know. I think like a slow guy who's tall, you can masquerade at center. I feel that way. Uh, and, you know, we all know what minutes I'm referring to. It's. Like the Jermichael Green when it's not working minutes. <laughs> and Jermichael Green was found his way yeah, out I mean, of Jermichael the game. Green was weird tonight. He was, I mean, you know, hey, he's a tough guy. You want him to be physical. Sometimes he's just fouling. He's just hacking. Five fouls in how many minutes? Oh, it was 13. He ended up playing 16 and yeah. having those five. Hacking, hacking. You know, hacking. seven rebounds, yeah. though. No, listen, they, they can't not play much Jermichael Green. I'm just saying, like, if you're looking for where to play Patrick Baldwin Jr., if you are, I don't know, maybe Steve isn't, but if you are, and you want to get two threes in every time he plays, uh, you got the possibly the, the back end of the Jamaica Green minutes and the Anthony Lamb minutes. Like, yeah. those are the two spots. 
Kerr is very resistant to that. I just think a guy that when you put him in there, he might give up some buckets on the other side, but he's going to make two threes. If he takes four, he's going to make two. I mean, it's he's over 40% in three. Steve, uh, I asked Clay about him. Clay's like, oh, my God, that guy's shot is just beautiful. Uh, I might want to play that guy a little bit. I might want him to be available to me without saying, God, he hadn't played for you know two months, in my opinion. Now, Steve Kerr's done this way better than anybody else. Uh, but I still would be very much more interested in him than getting another night of 20 minutes for Anthony Lamb. I'll, that's sort of the way I'll put it. Yeah, I mean, I think their hesitancy with him is uh, his inexperience defensively, his lateral quickness, non-quickness, no you would say, and just, you know, their, their, their belief over this, you know, longer period that, like, you know, defense does matter and they need to solve that. Like, that's the most important thing they must solve, right? That's what no they question. were saying going the into the break. attacking them tonight, no, yeah. question. no question. But, you know, Anthony Lamb has not been great defensively. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jermichael Green, you know, like you said, more of a toughness factor, a veteran factor, but he's also, you know, what's one of their biggest problems? Fouling? Well, that's his he, biggest problem. So, so it's, you know, I mean, that's, but that's kind of the story of the season. It's like you haven't played a lot of the young guys because of the you know this desire to solve issues that you feel like you know are created by youth yet you're not winning with your answers for that not playing great defense with those guys anyway the veterans yeah and i just like two threes a game (laughs) i'm a plus minus guy and it's it's hard to be that much of a minus if you hit two threes a game Plus yeah. six tonight, so yeah. he hit, so no, no mind. He's plus one yeah, in only yeah, sixteen yeah, minutes. Yeah, so. was, There's some back and forth, and he got to, he got it taken to in that fourth quarter when he was in, uh, and you know, that that's going to happen with him. It's just when you have that guy out there, the floor spaces, and Clay's got more space, and there's guys diving into the hoop, and there's not help coming because they're not coming off a of PBJ in the left corner. Uh, and if you do, he's putting it. I mean, he's no hesitation. Like, we talk about guys who That's, hesitate. He yeah. does not hesitate. No, he's such game. a confident shooter. And we should really talk about the shot because it's, it, is, it remains a very small sample in the NBA. But 3 of 5 again tonight in 16 minutes. He's played a very small amount of time in the NBA, but I believe now he's something like 28 of 59. He's like 48% yeah. from three, something like that. And, you know, I, I've mentioned it a few times, and it was mentioned by Kurt tonight. I mean, it looks like Michael Porter Jr., uh, I mean, everybody compliments the form, but as you mentioned, it is like no, like um, when he steps on the floor, you expect him to jack one up the first time he touches it within the first two possessions, confidently, and that's, I mean, that that is a tool long term that has you know you could if, if that grows out into something over the next two to three seasons, like you suddenly have a like very interesting offensive weapon on your hands no doubt and confident right and he's heady and again he's slow there's that's never going to change he's gonna have to figure out how to to deal with that but a guy who's willing to pull the trigger like that and looks like he's going to make every single one that is special at a 28th pick you have to like 28th pick getting a guy like this uh, Michael Porter Jr. was like that, right? Because he had injury concerns. Fourteenth after he got, okay, yeah, yeah, he got red flag. But you know what is similar about the Michael Porter Jr. was an elite high school prospect yeah. that you know th- through injuries dropped the fourteenth. Patrick Baldwin Jr. was considered like Chet Holmgren, Paulo Banchero, Michael Porter, or I mean Patrick Baldwin Jr. He has you know huge ankle injuries and then struggles as a freshman at UW Milwaukee. He drops all the way to twenty eight. But there's some similarities in the story. He just looks like he can, every time he shoots it, it can go in. And that, there aren't many guys like that in the NBA, and there certainly aren't many guys like that who are six foot ten. And I think he's, he's elevated and more skilled than a Davis Berton, say. 
Davis Bertans, and I think there's I don't think he's quite Michael Porter Jr. But Michael Porter Jr. has much more serious injury questions than Patrick Baldwin Jr. Having gotten through the season, if he does, without any further problems, and it fits with the Warriors. That's the thing. Like I've said from the beginning, is like he does fit the Warriors' offense. When you have Looney and Draymond, you are desperate for shooting. Like you must have pure shooting. And some, you know, with Steph they do, with Clay they do. But man, when one of them's out of the game, then the other one is all by himself. And what we've seen this season, and maybe you'll get give me some pushback on, is Jordan Poole has not done that. Like he has not gotten hot for a three week stretch. No, I mean he's sitting at like thirty three percent. And since Steph's been out, and with the Steph Wiggins, you know, like, hey Jordan Poole, you got to do the same thing Clay just did. He did it last season when Steph was out. Has not done it this season. It just doesn't look as confident with a shot. Except for when it's at the end of the buzzer, which was fantastic. He's good at that. But it just doesn't look as flowing for him, I'd say. So they're, like, searching for offense. DiVincenzo was, hit some threes tonight. He was fine. He, that's all he took was threes, by the way. He didn't take any twos. Uh, it's a little tough for him at the rim. He tries, but then he's got to dish it out because he cannot finish over people. That's understandable. Uh, but they need one other shooter. And Patrick Ball can shoot the ball and will take it and can take it over anybody. Like Jabari Smith coming out on him, seven foot whatever wingspan, and he's going, boop, the ball's going up. I'm a Patrick Ball. I've been a Patrick You guys make fun of me the whole time. But, man, you can use that. That can be used not for 30 minutes at a time, maybe not even 20, but for 14 minutes. Again, take some minutes off of Jermichael Green. Take some minutes off of Anthony Lamb. It's kind of a little bit like what – could be what, like, Otto Porter gave them offensively last year. Now, the problem is Otto Porter was a great rebounder and physical veteran, Solid. talked a lot. I mean, I know one of the uh, things that they're trying to get out of Pat- Patrick Baldwin is an incredibly quiet human. He's, he's I don't want to say shy, but he's just, like, he's very silent. Like, in the locker room, he's, he's to himself very nice, but that – you know, and that's at times what what was an issue with James Wiseman defensively. When you're when you're part of the back line, you need to talk a lot. And James Wiseman doesn't talk much, and Patrick Baldwin really doesn't talk a lot. So that's one thing they're trying to, you know, work through. But again, like you mentioned, you know, they can have all these grander troubles with you know putting 19 year olds on the floor. But when you put a 19 year old on the, on the floor and he immediately hits two threes every time you put him on the floor. <laughs> I know. It's again the defense again has to react to that, so it's hitting two threes and the you know creating space for other people. We'll we'll see what Kerr does. I, I think there's I felt more opening to that in Kerr in the pregame than than I'd heard in a while. I just felt like he's thinking about it. It felt like maybe I've been a little tough on the minutes of these guys, and it's time that like they're showing me some things, and I can. Like he just said, Moody's playing tonight. And I don't think that he knew Dr- – I mean, I think he thought Draymond was going to play, so it's not like, you know, he was that desperate for players. He didn't play Moody last game except for uh, garbage time when they had Draymond. So, I, I, it, listen, Kerr can go back and forth because it, it depends on the results. It depends on who's playing well and what he needs at that time and who else is in the roster. But I am sensing a potential opening for Moody and for – PBJ and maybe to forgive some of Kaminga's mistakes. Kaminga was terrible last night, and tonight he was did typical. You know, it was some really good stuff and some really bad stuff. With four turnovers and a couple of them were just terrible, and those are dunks on the other side. Uh, but I think you live with it because 
you're just thinking it's going to get better and it's going to get better. And he does do other stuff. He does get to the rim. Kerr mentioned that post game. He gets draws fouls. You know, he gets the other team having to kind of backpedal, and that should help for some, some kickouts. I think, you know, I think the Wiseman thing was such a strain that it kind of tumbled over all of them. And maybe you remove him from that, and it kind of releases the pressure valve. And it's not all these young guys, and oh, my God. It's like, okay, let's work these guys in if they deserve it. And I think we're seeing some guys who are, are, are deserving it a little bit more. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Kevon Looney, 13 more rebounds tonight. He's just like, he just is a vacuum. Without trouble. Without trouble. Um, that first half, he was unbelievable. It was like, every, it was like kind of tipping it over the, a rocket guy's head and grabbing it and then, you know, jumping over people. He does this like, every game now. Oh, it's. He is in a, a, a Kirk Hall, like one of the best rebounders in the game. Just like he just is. That's what he is now. And sort of valuable on a team like this where you need those extra possessions, where you need to lock down well, the defense. don't have very many good rebounders around him. No, he is. Fan- I mean, he wasn't like this even two years ago. He, in the playoffs last yeah. season, broke out. Yeah. I mean, and, and we can go back and remember. I mean, the Memphis series Memphis with the 22-rebound yeah. game where, like, basically the veterans were like, put him back in the starting lineup. It's um, a badass Memphis team too. Like that yeah, wasn't Stephen Adams. Yeah. He had to like you know he had to combat that. Uh, yeah, really. Ever since the playoffs, he has morphed into like you know an elite, a truly elite rebound. He thinks he's supposed to get the ball now. You can just see it. Like I'm supposed to get this ball, and if I just fight for it, I'm going to get it. And he's really timing it well. He's reading the shots well. So important. Uh, and. You know, just and what did Kirk call him? The most mature soul in the franchise? Hugh, I think he said just like the most mature human, like forget player, <laughs> coach, exec, whatever. Most mature person in the organization. That is, and I, I, I wasn't disagreeing a thing with it. Like the guy just is so solid. 27 years old, by the way. It's like it's remarkable how young he still is. But, um, yeah, if, if they didn't have him, as Kerr said, they would be in serious, serious trouble. And... And I'm trying to plot in my head, like, where this goes after this season. I don't know that they're going to be a championship-level team. We'll see. But you have Kevon Looney, and you have Steph Curry, and you have Andrew Wiggins, and you have Jordan Poole. 
that's a nice start. I don't think it's championship level next season. We'll see if they have Draymond. If they don't have Draymond, I, another year older. But Kevon Looney you is Clay a solid. Still, you got you Clay. You, Kevon Looney is a friggin' you know foundational. Kirk called him that last season, and we all kind of raised our you eyes. You know what's funny? He called him that before that. Mm. He called him that back in 2019 when they won the uh, West Finals. They swept the Blazers. I remember in that press conference he said that he's a foundational <laughs> that, piece. And that's seemed incredibly incredibly quick to say that but he's right and he is whatever they do in the next two three years Kavon Looney's like a massive part of it like it is getting bigger and bigger like wait now who's more important to them by the way Andrew Andrew Wiggins or Kavon Looney uh, I mean mean, this is a time yeah I know it's hard to say with Wiggins but I'm just saying if you don't have a center I, I would say the difference is I agree with you they're both very important they showed it in the playoffs but Andrew Wiggins in the playoffs it's, I depends, know this is depends, yeah. yeah I mean he was defending right, Luka and Tatum right. it's easy to say that he's yeah. out but I'll just say and two way wings you know I love two way wings they're very hard to get but if they did not have Kevon Looney making six million whatever the hell he's That's making the thing. he's yeah. a bargain and he's yeah. a bargain for two more years yeah it's just so they didn't have him I mean, they'd be playing Jamichael Green at center or Wiseman. Yeah, That's the Wiseman. thing. It would still be James Wiseman. And I don't think that would look too good. I, I just don't. So huge, hugely important person and personality. And as, you know, we know it can get tumultuous on the on the edges or even in the middle of that, of that roster, but not with him. He's never – literally there's never once been a speck of drama with him. Nope. Ever in his career. The only drama is they don't ever offer him anything, and he has to like, figure out what he's going to take. But has he ever cared? No. <laughs> I mean, I bet he cares a little I bit. I mean, no, I know what you're saying. Like, he obviously it. wants yeah. what, you know, he probably feels like he rightfully is owed. But have you ever sensed one, even like a sarcastic comment that is a slight towards no, them not never, paying him? Not ever, even. ever, never. And this is multiple contracts, right? We're not talking about one. This is multiple contracts. A guy who's been around for three of the championships and been a vital part of at least two of them. That They are so lucky to have him. And, you know, it's not Steph Curry. It's not Draymond Green. It's not Klay Thompson. But, man, it's going to be right up there. You know, Kevin Durant. But it's in the Iguodala level. It really is in the Iguodala level. It's getting level. there, yeah, you yeah. say. Um, so... You know, I guess we can kind of now broaden it out from this game, which, again, was like, yeah, you better beat the Rockets at home, yeah. playing without Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. They have Minnesota on Sunday, a, a Timberwolves team that just lost at home to the Hornets. Yeah, not good. Uh, because everybody in this, like, glut of the West is just not that good. Uh, and then Blazers on Tuesday who, you know, you assume they'll play Lillard, they'll play Jeremy Grant, but, you know, they came out of the break resting those two because they had a weird flight situation. They're now – the most likely of these 13 West teams to fade into the lottery. Uh, these are two winnable games before then you get Clippers, uh, Pelicans to close the home stand a little bit tougher. Yeah, Pelicans are probably in that Timberwolves range, but Clippers for sure. Um, you, you're not having Steph, obviously. Wiggins availability, they're being very, yeah. you know, private about the situation. And, and you know, I, even when I talk to people, there are people in the organization you might expect to know what's going on and they don't even really have all the full details so it's being held very private but there doesn't seem to be a sense of like oh just wait he'll be back in a couple days they don't really know when he's going to be back um so let's assume no wiggins also for the next for let's you know talk about this homestand 
they, you know, these are really important games. They are very important. This one, even though it was terrible, Houston was mandatory, and I think they got to win the Slater. They got to go win on one at least one of the next two. Got to go five hundred, and then to try to go five hundred. I think they go five hundred as long as they don't have Stephen Wiggins, and that might be a lot to ask given the, the schedule they've got ahead of them. So maybe you try to steal a one and go three and one in this four game set to start to start the season, start the second start part of the season, I should say, post All Star break. I don't know. If that's there. We'll see where Portland's mind is at, at that point. They they want should be they should really, really should want. Well, they should want to win every game. But the Minnesota game feels like a huge one. It's just one of those tipping point games. I thought the Laker game was a tipping point game too. Like you you can't beat the Lakers. Then you are looking at eight, seven, eight, nine. Uh, you can change that by winning other games, but the Minnesota games saying that if you can't beat Minnesota at home, even if you don't have Steph and Wiggins, that's all baked into this. Like we don't know when they're coming back, so you're looking at you know seven, eight, nine. And if you can beat Minnesota and you can beat Portland, there literally might be seven at that point. They might be verging on six. The way everything's stacked together, um, I'd say two and two is the lowest they can be out of this. If they go one and three out of this grouping and still don't know if Steph and Wiggins are going to come back, then you start ringing some alarm bells. I don't think they're out of it. I just think that feels like a play-in path. And three and one might feel like six seed. And that's a, you know that's what they're, you know, as Steph said, it's kind of their new goal. Just get out of the play-in grouping. Uh, and it's it's very doable. We know everybody's stacked together. We know teams are not stacking. They're not running off a bunch of wins, which is just that's not happening in the West. So you want to know what's weird though? I actually really, from a playoff matchup standpoint, think that them getting Denver, or them getting Memphis, is is appealing to them yep. uh, because those are two teams they obviously <laughs> beat last season. They somewhat, you know, matchup wise, fit they don't well. Want the Clippers. They don't want the Clippers. That's the thing. If you get in the three to six range, that's probably going to be Clippers, Phoenix, Phoenix. Yeah. Clippers, Dallas with Kyrie suddenly. Like you could argue that it might be better for them to come out of the seven eight. But that problem is that includes you got to win your way yes. in. Like what, do they want the Lakers in, in a in a you know eight nine. What would it, I'm sorry, what seven it, eight seven eight, or even you know lose that one, and then you get the Lakers in a do or die game. I don't think they want that. And, you know, we could throw out any other. I mean, would you necessarily want Oklahoma City in a do-or-die game? I agree with you. I think Denver or Memphis you know would be probably their ideal one, though? You get up to six, you get Kings 3-6. <laughs> That's your ideal series. Well, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> no, the per- Kings are your it. ideal, yeah, like, love it. Love it. you yeah. know, full-throttle regular season team that might be, you know, yeah, wiped out by the yes. players. And then you, you do the Draymond you know, stare in their eyes and say, you can't beat us. And they would just say, you're, you're probably right. Uh, we'll see. Uh, and, hey, we all would love it. We would all love that series. It would be so fantastic to have that series for for a million different reasons. But I just don't know that, I mean, I don't know that they're going to get that spot. And also, if you get, if you go 7, 8, 9, 10, you could have a couple clunky games, and we know they've had them. And those younger teams are really tough for them. We've seen it. Like those long Oklahoma City, all that length, all the youth, Shea Gilgis Alexander just taking over at the end. They don't want that game. Like that's one I look like. They do not want that game. They do not want to see Timberwolves. They probably wouldn't mind seeing. But there's some other teams in there. Utah, I don't think they'd love seeing. You know, just like one and done. You've got to win this game. It's You've lost the 
the seven to eight game, and you got to win, even if it's here. Pelicans, if Zion's Pelican, back. Yeah, Pelicans would be super scary. Just Brandon Ingram just by himself. Luka and Kyrie could be in the yeah, play in so bracket. I just, I just think they are wise to want to avoid that at all possible. And they can. They, they Even with Steph out, they still can. It just it's, it's gonna be challenging. Yeah, gonna be challenging. And then I just like like this is why I think three and one really makes them feel like they can do it. They've burned four more games of the Steph absence. We'll see where Wiggins is, and they they need to start doing that because they're gonna lose some games too. Yeah, they right? have some that. difficult yeah, road. They have yeah. two games at Memphis coming up. They have another at Lakers. They have another at Clippers. Yep. Like there are some challenging Philadelphia here. Like even the home games yeah. here. Milwaukee here. Like anybody think they're gonna win that one? Yeah. I mean, it's just they they got especially if Steph is out and, and I think we both think Steph's out probably another week after this week. Yeah. And that's that's when you start playing Milwaukee. Like that's Oklahoma at Oklahoma City, right? That's in there somewhere. Yeah, and you know, hey, guess what? Steph's back. Like you're still underdogs against Milwaukee yes. if like a Steph Curry's yeah. easing his way back into a lineup. Yes. yes. So that's why I'm like three and one would be really huge for them. We'll see. It didn't look like it was really that likely after they get blown out in L.A. They, you know, they win the game they should win. But Minnesota and Portland here should not be unwinnable games. And we'll see if they're organized enough. Maybe they play that PBJ and he just drops 30 in one of those games. Drops 30, gives up 30. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, I think that might be better than some of the other guys are playing right now. <laughs> so, I don't try to be not trying to be mean, not trying to be mean, but. I was I was laughing when I tried to sneak in PPJ as the third string center and Steve Kerr would have no he didn't even like say yes maybe he just said no he's a three four he's a three I was like what three is he guarding what three is Patrick Ballin Jr. in the NBA guarding not there's Deshaun, some not slow Deshaun threes Tate. like Mo Harkless is out there <laughs> yeah, you know there's Harkless. some you know I don't know like Harrison Barnes Harrison Barnes yeah, you know? I was gonna say that's one that's one the Kings don't want to just ISO Harrison but. Barnes all game. I think Steph guards Harrison. Tobias Harris. You could not guard Tobias Harris. No, No, but, you know, like, then the Sixers are featuring Tobias Harris, (laughs) and then you're all right with that. Well, these are... He's a 4-5, Steve Kerr. I I would tell you that himself, to to his face. He's a 4-5. Sneak the minutes in. That's how you get get PBJ in there, and, and maybe you take him right out after he gets destroyed a couple times. But All right, this is a PBJ podcast is what this is. All right. All right. Well... We will talk next week, which should, like, you know, we, we've laid it out. This is, like, a pretty pivotal week in, in their season. So um, we'll talk to you after, pro- you know, maybe the Minnesota game, definitely the Portland game. We shall do that, and we'll just go as they go one and one from here on out to the end of time. If they go one and one throughout the playoffs, I guess they would lose one of those rounds because they would, that would not have home court advantage, so. Not necessarily, like, just make sure you're winning game one. You got to win game one, right? They can win the
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.